what is this indeed? It won't let me hold my peace or keep my seat. Will you pray with me? What is this indeed? Could it be the power manifested in us by the Holy Spirit? Just as Jesus promised us. Speak to us today, Holy One. Call us as witnesses in this time and place. May we know your blessing and empowerment, but not for our own satisfaction, but that we might share the good news with confidence and joy. And your people pray. Amen. Have you ever experienced the sorrow of saying goodbye to someone you love dearly? Your heart aches because you could wish you had time to say more. You think about the times you spent together sharing those full out laughs that made people turn around and look at the both of you. Sharing those secret glances that only the two of you understood. Their being there, just present for your moments of deepest doubt. Their shoulder, wet with tears from anger or hurt. The first person you want to call when you get the job or the promotion, or you find out that you're pregnant or the adoption has come through. Or when you've been asked to be married, their encouragement offered help. You believe in your own potential. Then months, perhaps even years later, you look back on that moment of closure as one that was profoundly transformative in your life. You realize that it was that moment in the midst of your sorrow and grieving that you became more authentically you. Reverend Lisa Fishbeck says it like this, they become a part of who we are, and they help to shape what we become, so that when they leave, a part of us leaves with them, but a part of them stays behind. That's what I've experienced over and again. Whatever the reason for their departure, a part of them stays behind in the fabric of who we are. And as I prepared for today, I realized that this is actually the essence of the ascension story. You see, Jesus' departure opens the disciples to be transformed and to more of their authentic selves, just as 
departures sometimes open us to be who we are, are authentically. But the ascension stories sometimes get lost in the season of Eastertide, that 50 days between Easter and Pentecost. But I believe it is a crucial story because it's the story of the spread of the gospel and the founding of our church. The reason being is that if Jesus hadn't departed, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come. The disciples would have continued to depend on Jesus and what he could do instead of becoming who they were uniquely designed to become and doing what they were called to do. You see, before his crucifixion, death, and resurrection, what Jesus understood and the disciples did not grasp was that as one who was fully human, Jesus could only do so much and be in only so many places at one time. He had said to them repeatedly, as he does in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. The person who believes in me will perform greater deeds than these because I am departing. People of God, we can only become more of who we are when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. Jesus knew that the church, as we have come to know it, could not manifest until the disciples received the gifting of the Holy Spirit that enabled them to share and spread the gospel. For 40 days, as Reverend Troy tells us that it means, as long as it takes, Jesus took them through an intensive period of one-on-one -on -one teaching so that they could learn what they needed to learn. He trained them in the ways of God and prepared them to receive the Holy Spirit. And that was because they had a work to do. Jesus was saying more and more about the spiritual dominion of God that was about to be let loose on the world through the Holy Spirit. And they were hearing less and less. Jesus was saying more about leaving as they were planning for him to stay. He was preparing them to bear witness to the gospel and transform the world, and they were planning for him to change the dominion and the structure in Jerusalem. He was saying more. They were hearing less. Yes, they were listening to him, but they didn't want to hear what he had to say. Because if they heard and truly understood, then they would have to deal with his leaving again. And that would open up the grieving all over. Can you relate to where they were? I don't know if it's true for you as it is for me, but letting go of someone I love or simply opening myself up to an unknown and being willing to allow the Holy Spirit to use me is simply terrifying. 
For instance, when Reverend Troy asked me if I would consider serving this community as the interim spiritual director of life development, my humanness immediately said no. <laughs> I thought about the departure of Reverend Kristen, our previous life development director, and there was no way in the world I wanted to succeed her. My humanness didn't want to be compared to her because I knew, or at least I felt, as if we had had one of the best directors of life transformation in her. <laughs> And I was not in her league. I asked myself, what could I possibly offer to you? How could I possibly witness to and with this body. I was certain that I could not fill her red stiletto shoes. <laughs> Truly. But something, that whatever it is that the Gospel Ensemble just sang about stopped me from saying no. As I heard coming out of my mouth, I'll pray about it. My head was screaming in silence, are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> But Spirit was saying, you need to spend a little time with me before you make that decision. Right. You see, I was fixated on me. What I could do, not what Spirit could do through me here. <laughs> So I went on my own little ego storm. You know, the praise team just sang, but you know, God never let me go. So we wrestled for a while with the, about the invitation and the opportunity that God was affording me to be a witness to, with, and through this community of faith. So when the day came that I needed to give Troy an answer, I said yes. <laughs> Even though I was still in my own human place of insecurity, I was feeling a lot like I imagine the disciples felt during that 40-day intensive with Jesus, not knowing what God had in store, but agreeing to being open to be transformed and to what God needed in order to bear witness to the good news of God's radically inclusive and unconditional love. But I, I want to pause here just for a moment because I have been using words like gospel and witness and Holy Spirit as if everybody here is in the club. Yet sometimes we leave people out because they don't know what we mean by these churchy words. And because on any given Sunday, there are 30 different faith traditions that worship in this room. So I want you to understand what I mean when I say good news, witness, and Holy Spirit. When I say good news or gospel, I mean simply this. God loves you completely and totally 
without condition, and there is no thing that can separate you from that love. And that is good news. When I say that we should bear witness or be witnesses, a quote from Emerson that I like came to mind. It says, what you are speaks so loudly, I cannot hear what you're saying. Jesus says it like this, a city that sits on a hill cannot be hidden. It is when you believe the truth of the gospel such that you live that truth. In essence, you become the substance of the gospel as well as a spokesperson of it. Witnessing is not optional, nor is it mandatory. It is simply inevitable. Um, when I say witness, I'm not talking about let us all go to the corner of T.C. Jester and 11th Street and pass out tracts, you know, those little pamphlets that say, turn and burn. <laughs> but the very way you live, move, and have your being, once you have accepted that truth of the gospel, says that you are opening yourself to the movement of the Spirit. And you actually don't have to say a single word. Because the life that you are living will be different. People will come to you and they will ask you, what is this? But it's not just individuals who are called into witnessing. This community is called into witnessing. We are to witness ways that result in the sharing of the fruits of human labor, especially power, resources, and influence. And we are to share this with our larger community and the surrounding cultures. This community witnesses when the strong aid the weak. This community witnesses when our members use their resources to benefit the wider culture. This community witnesses when those around us see that we are working in and for the ways of justice, goodness, and joy that leads to a fuller life. For me, the Holy Spirit is that which is beyond ourselves that empowers us to do more than we could do naturally. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our comfort, our guide, and it is that still small voice that directs us towards God's intent for us. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. The promise of the coming and the receiving of the Holy Spirit and the challenge of being witnesses to God's unconditional love throughout the world 
was not just for the disciples 2,000 years ago. Or just for those who are called into vocational ministry. It is for each one of us. Jesus said more when he said, you. He said, Carisha, you will be my witness. He said, Andy, you will be my witness. He said, you, all of the yous here will be my witness. The ascension story becomes for us not just history or information. It is a calling, a challenge, an invitation to be open to the transformation of the Spirit, to become witnesses of God's love and inclusion to all the earth. Yes, we are still being called to witness the gospel because the work of witnessing of the true inclusion of God's love is not yet complete. There are still many needing, waiting, wanting the good news and to see it at work. And often they are not in faraway places. They are on the other side of your backyard fence. They are in the next cubicle. They are on the next balcony. And yes, they are on the next bar stool. And here is where I need you to say more. You see, Jesus offers us a promise that you will not be left empty-handed in answering this call. So I need your help in knowing what you need and how you need it in order to be prepared to be witnesses. I know that many of you live way too far to drive back into town during the week for spiritual development classes. I know that many of you travel for work. I know that many of you have children that you have to tend to. But I take the responsibility that Reverend Roy has given me seriously. Just because you can't hear doesn't mean that I should not be providing you with what you need to prepare you to be witnesses. So this week in the mobilizer, you will receive a link for a survey that will ask you, how is it that I can help prepare you to be who you are called to be? Who we are called to be? The Ascension story does well in revealing the birthing of our invitation into the movement of the Spirit because it reminds us that the promise and the calling really is still alive. Its witness is not just about what happened long ago, but it is still an unfolding story. And we've been given the opportunity to be a part of that story. And your RSVP is needed.
to hear how you've become your more authentic self. That's through the pain and the promise of the ascension story. Jesus says, you will 